Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. I really feel like this is a word for us, and it's a, I want to talk about the life of um, Josiah and how he picked up a battle that wasn't his, and what it did, and I, we're going to go through scripture a little bit, and, and Michael just touched on it briefly this morning because we were talking, me and him, not too long ago, and, I, and I've because I read this years ago, and it was when I was wanting to just jump into battle that I wasn't called to fight. And sometimes when we read the Word of God, you know, it hits us more than anybody. Even when we're ministering, it hits us more than it does even some of you guys, maybe. I minister to myself like half the time, which is awesome. Um, If you don't like it, it's okay. I'm getting fed. Um, But it just... it. It baffled me when I was reading about, you know, you read through just all these kings that just did everything wrong after David, and you get so excited when you're reading the word, you're like, finally a king that's doing it right, you know? (laughs) If you've read through the Old Testament, you see that time and time again, it's like, okay, this one pleased the Lord, this one was evil, this one, and it's like so many, and then you get to to Josiah, you're like, thank you, Lord, he's pleasing you, but he did not end right, because he took up an offense of somebody else. And oftentimes we do that, we jump into war that we were never called to fight. We jump into anger that we were never called to pick up. We jump into people's issues that have nothing to do with us. Absolutely nothing to do with us. I've I've told people before, I'm like, gosh, sometimes things are a mess and I'm just not gonna touch it. And you might go, wait, you're a leader. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned. (laughs) I've learned having the school now going on six years. If someone wants help, they'll they'll come to us. But when we jump in, when they're not willing and wanting the help, what happens is we get slimed in the end. And it always happens that way. Because it's, it's like, I remember walking someone through an addiction and we got them to a rehab. This was a long time ago. And the guy told us, he said, yeah, you guys are the ones fighting for this this freedom from addiction, but if they don't want it, mark my words, they're gonna go right back the next day that they get out. You're gonna spend all this money and time and they're gonna go right back to the drugs again. And that's what happened because we wanted them to be free, but they didn't want it for themselves. And see, that happens. Sometimes we get into situations that we have really nothing to do with and, and I'm not saying this was the case here in the Bible, but sometimes it can be pride. We just jump in. We just, we just love drama. And like Michael said it this morning, and he's so right, stay away from people that love drama. My Lord. The older you get, the less drama you want. The younger you are, you like it. And if you're old and you still like it, you're immature. <laughs> Because something's wrong. It's just like, it's, I don't mean that in a mean way, but I'm saying there's something, there's a satisfaction issue there. There's something going on. There's a void there. Um, and, and I'm speaking, because I used to be such a drama girl. Like, I, 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 I like craved uh, confrontation and all that stuff. I loved it, which is not normal. It's not normal to like that. And I did. I, I, I liked the fight. I liked to debate. I liked to argue. And then I found Jesus, and he set me free from all of that. And I'm not saying it doesn't try to creep in there every now and then. 
But I've learned to die to these things because I understand there's a bigger goal ahead and I don't want to lose focus on what God has called me to. And that's bigger than Jesus' image. I don't even want to lose focus on what God has called me to as a wife and as a mom. There's so many things to be thankful for, but what happens, the enemy, if he can't get you through uh, habitual sin or purity or other things, he will get you by distraction. He's gonna try to find a way. He's very clever. We do forget this. Yes, he's defeated and he's powerless. And we have the victory over him like I feel so strong for tonight as I shared. But he will try to distract you. And that's what gets me about this story because here, as we're gonna read in a moment, Josiah just did everything right. He was so pure and lived a devoted life to the Lord. And how did the devil get him in the end? By getting him to bite the bait of taking up somebody else's offense. And because of that, not only did he suffer, but his family suffered from that and his legacy. And like I say all the time, we're in this for the long haul. We really want longevity in the kingdom, amen? We don't wanna be burning today and not burning next year. Jesus School is about to start. I cannot believe it. And I know. I think a lot of our students will be here, what, in like a week and a half or so. Some of them are here already. And um, we say this all the time to our students, but it's so true for the church at large is, yeah, it's one thing to come in burning, but I'm more looking at that path through the year to see what you're doing to stay burning. That impresses me more than your zealous hunger in the beginning, because everyone comes in hungry. Everyone comes in in love. Everybody comes in excited. Everybody starts right, but it's what happens through the process of it all that those little tests come along the way and the, and the Lord is watching and the devil, what are you gonna do with this now? And it's really hard to stay standing if you are not focused on Jesus. You really have to stay focused. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 34, 1 through 4. And remember, Josiah, he was eight. He started young. And oh, I just love this story so much, but such a tragic ending that didn't have to be that way. 2 Corinthians 34, 1 through 4. I'm sorry? Corinthians. Is it Chronicles? Did I write Corinthians in my spell check? I am so sorry. Wow. You're right. Only on this one did it say Corinthians. Thank you, Amy. I'm like, Amy, shush. <laughs> You're right. It's Chronicles and all the rest. Let me fix that so I don't preach that again like at a conference and look like an idiot. Okay, Second Chronicles. Thank you, Amy. You know the Bible. You, that was just testing you. Okay, Second Chronicles 34, 1 through 4. <laughs> okay. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. Then in the twelfth year, he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines. 
the Asher poles, and the carved idols and cast images. He ordered that the altars of Baal be demolished and that the incense altars which stood above them be broken down. He also made sure that the Asher poles, the carved idols, and the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. Just for a moment, think about this. This is an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old boy. My daughter just turned 12 yesterday, and I don't think, she's pretty bold, she might do that, but my boys wouldn't have done that at eight years old. So you have a child that's going, I'm not going the way of everyone that just did before me, I'm gonna follow the ways of the Lord. So this is also for you that are young in the room or maybe watching online, you're not too young to change the course of history, not only for your family, but for generations to come. So here this little eight-year-old comes and smashes these idols and these altars. You know, you could get killed for doing that back then. But he wanted, he had a heart so after God and he purified the land. He restored what the previous kings let go to ruin. He restored the temple of the Lord and then they found the book of the law that Moses wrote when they were restoring the temple. And I love that because he found the old way of doing things. And Michael hit on this a little bit this morning and we've hit on it a lot, probably often here. There is protection in the way that things have been done. Don't follow, like the Bible says, these strange new ideas that the Word of God warns us about. And that's happening so much now. And like Michael said, we trust our podcast more than the Word of God. And we have a podcast. They're not bad. But we have to go back to the basics again. You know what I mean? Go back to the foundations of what God is here. And this is what this little boy did. He said, I'm getting rid of everything, everything that is toxic and polluted, everything that does not belong in this temple, getting rid of all of it. And not only that, I'm going to open up these ancient books and read them out loud so that we can go back because we are lost right now. And how I wish the church would do that today. I wish when people would feel confused and all these things, they would go, let's go back to the scriptures and see what the word of God says. Instead of calling up our other offended friend to go, what do you think? You're not gonna get the right advice by doing that. Or someone like we do, we go to people that are weaker in the spirit sometimes in us because we just want them to cheer us on and tell us everything we wanna hear. Or we go even to great leaders, but we don't go to the word of God. You can't do that. It's all great. Like I go to leaders, of course. Counselors aren't evil, even though some of you guys might think they are. Some of them are weird, but they're not bad, some of them. But you can talk and talk and talk to people that maybe God could use in your life, but you don't go to the source, and then you're wondering, why do I feel, still feel this way? You're going off of recommendations and not going off of the word of God. And here Josiah goes, I'm just gonna open up the word, the writings back then, and we're gonna see how they used to do it. He went back to the foundations of what everything what it was built on. And he repented and he rededicated his life and his people's life to be fully devoted to the Lord. It's amazing. There's so much to learn in this passage alone. Go to 2 Chronicles 34, 29 through 33. 
It says, then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites, all the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all, say all, all of his commands, laws, and decrees with all of his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing the covenant with the Lord and God of their ancestors. So Josiah removed all the detestable idols from the entire land of Israel and required everyone to worship the Lord their God. And throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Do you hear that? Through his lifetime, they did not turn away. A shepherd is important. You see this all throughout scripture. That isolation, when we isolate and try to do things on our own, it can get dangerous sometimes. There's protection with covering. I need covering. Michael needs covering. We all need coverings. Leaders at the highest level need covering. Because you see that throughout scripture that when the shepherd was burning for Jesus and when the shepherd would take his authority like we just read, there was protection for the entire camp and household. Husbands, you have to take your authority as the priest of your home. There's protection in that. Women, you take your authority as the mother of these amazing children. There's protection in that. I'm going somewhere with this. There's something in stepping. Now the enemy's trying to put fear in people to step in authority to actually lead people the godly way because of accusation. But you have to stand firm in what God has told you to do and go, this is the way we're going. And even someone like Josiah, who was so firm in the authority he carried, got distracted. And I really feel like this is a a message for this church right now because God is doing so many glorious things. I feel like if we take our focus off the cross, even if we focus on the things, I hope that makes sense of what God is doing through Jesus' image, that we're gonna also get distracted in our own works. And that scares me. Like in the most beautiful, holy way, that scares me. I don't want to focus on that. I wanna just focus on the cross and focus on Jesus because there's safety in that for me. There's safety in that for you, for this church. It's, it's in him, it's him alone that we do everything for. And then he celebrated the Passover in a way that had not been done since Samuel. Listen to this, you don't have to turn there. Second Chronicles 35, 18. Well, you can because you're already in the area if you want. Never since the time of the prophet Samuel had there been such a Passover. None of the kings of Israel have ever kept a Passover as Josiah did, involving all the priests and the Levites, all the people of Jerusalem, and people from all over, Judah and Israel. So for a moment, just think of that. There was a celebration. And that's kind of what I was feeling tonight when I was talking about the victory. I just felt it so strong. 
I feel like sometimes we carry so much weight and baggage, we forget to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. We forget to really have joy and peace in what he's already done for us. What we, forget, we, we forget what he's brought us through. We're so focused on what we want to accomplish or what it is that we want him to do that we forget all the amazing breakthrough we've already had. It's amazing. Sometimes I just, oh, like I'll just turn on worship and I'll just start weeping because I'm in awe of what God has trusted this house with. I can't, my brain can't comprehend it. I don't know how else to explain it. You go to California and you see people running down to the altar tonight, people running down to the altar, and it's too much to even meditate on because it's so, the goodness of God is so good. He's so faithful, he's so loving. I think about what my life looked like seven years ago how broken and lost and defeated I was, and I see what God has done. But the enemy would love for you to focus on everything else that's not going right in your life. He would love to steal the joy of all God has done and already given you and trusted you with. And he wants you to focus on what you don't have or what you're going through. I've been there, I've been there where we're going through so much victory and we're getting attacked on the same day we're going through victory. And, and I can feel that war. You know, you just go through persecution sometimes. It's just the Christian life. And you can feel that, that war where you're like, oh, I want to celebrate. But man, I'm in sin getting distracted by this nonsense right now. And you have to remind yourself, I need to stay focused. Do we, am I the only one that has bad days like that? Okay. We all have these victories. And at the same, we have these peaks, these valleys, and these mountains. And and we have to remember that it's not gonna be the easiest road, but staying in Jesus, we can walk through anything. We can walk through any trial. We can overcome any kind of disappointment. You kind of have to get to the place in life where you go, what's the worst that can happen? I die, I go be with Jesus. Easier said than done, I know. I don't wanna die. When I'm older, I want to, not now. Older and still looking good, no wrinkles. <laughs> Maybe I'm Botoxed up, facelift, I don't know. But I'm saying you have to get to that point in life, you go, okay, what, what are my fears? And you, you really overcome it. When I walked through fear six years ago, seven years ago, I, really, that's when I got free, I'm sorry. My whole life I walked through fear. I finally got to the point where someone sat me down and they said, what are you afraid of? Like, let's get to the root of this. What are you afraid of? What's the source of all this fear? And I was like, I don't want to die. I don't want to lose a loved one. I don't want to do this. I don't, I'm afraid of this, this, this. He's like, what's the worst that can happen? You die, you go be with Jesus. And something so simple just set me free from all of that. I was like, okay, the fear of the unknown sometimes is way worse than the actual situation. And so that's what I feel like the enemy is trying to do right now is he's trying to take the distraction from all the goodness that the Lord has already done. Many of you in here, I'm sure you have a story to tell about what the Lord has done in your life to even get you here to this point. Our whole team is here by the, the mercy of the Lord. These are all Jesus School students. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we took a risk and hired Jesus School students. Um, but we didn't have a team. We didn't have a worship team. We didn't have anything. But we just had a dream in our heart and 
the Lord brought these zealous, hungry, God-fearing, Jesus-loving people our way, and man, they gave everything to be here. Everything. And the Lord has rewarded so many of you guys so faithfully, team or no team. Just being to sit, able to sit here and see what the Lord has done. We get to witness salvations every week here. We see people get healed all the time. We see people get delivered when the preaching of the word is taught. I mean, it's like this is not normal. It's not normal, but it's not just for this house. It's for whoever wants it. But we have to stay focused on the cross and not jump in the way. I think my... I'm really aware that if I get in the way, I can mess it up. Do you understand what I mean by that? Like, the enemy cannot get you unless if you surrender the will to let him come in and, and have his way in your life. People are not going to break you. They can't. They can't. But you have the power to surrender that authority and to give it up. I'm sure this was not the first trial Josiah went through. I'm sure he went through many, but he got distracted. He was, a, he was the one that allowed the enemy to get in and take his focus on what happened because we're gonna get into that in a moment, but it was right after the temple was purified. Right after, think of that, right after all these amazing, and that's how the devil typically does things. Through our greatest victory, when we're tired, that's when he tries to come in with this distraction in our life. Sometimes you're tested more with favor than you are in those deep, dark seasons. Because you get in the way. Your pride, you, whatever it is, your, your, the, the self-esteem, that, that childlikeness kind of goes away and you start standing in your own authority. And then the enemy goes, that's a door. I'm gonna take that door. I'm gonna get in now and I'm gonna pull them so they start leaning on their own understanding. And I wanna be so, so clinging to the cross. I don't, I don't ever wanna lose that. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? I don't wanna ever graduate from this childlikeness in my heart. I don't want our church to ever graduate from the hunger that we feel when we come into a room like this. I don't want us to be a church that goes, been there, done that. I think there's something beautiful about going on the road for our team because you see the, the foundation of what has been built here at home. It's really amazing. And, and Michael and I were talking about that last night. We're like, the hunger in California has been overwhelming. Like, it's something I've never seen, definitely not in that region. I haven't seen hunger like that in a very long time. And then we come home to church and you can feel the maturity of the church family. Does that make sense? And there's like this, uh, it's been rooted, it's been, it's been cultivated. There's, we've been doing this now for a few years, but also that maturity is beautiful, but I don't ever want us to graduate from that childlike hunger because we need that. We really do. So as we just read, they had never celebrated a Passover like this. So think, this was a righteous man who was going after the Lord. This was a righteous king who was walking a life of purity, devotion. He had boldness like few that we read about in the Bible, smashing altars, totally bringing things back to, to the ways of God. And then quickly he turns because he jumps into something that he wasn't called to. Go to Proverbs 3.30. 
Are you guys with me? You're quiet. Okay. I'm not going to preach too much longer, but I really feel like this is important for us. Proverbs 3.30. It says, don't pick a fight without reason when no one has done you harm. Was that funny? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I need to maybe tattoo this on my forehead sometimes. Um, But this is the word of God. Don't jump into something for no reason. Why are we better at debating than loving? That is a great commandment, yes? So this, it's all connected. Go to 2 Chronicles 35, 20 through 24. I'm just going to read parts of it, not the whole passage, just for because it's a long passage. Second Chronicles 35, 20 through 24. It says, after Josiah had finished restoring the temple, King Necho of Egypt led his army up from Egypt to do battle on the Euphrates River. And Josiah and his army marched out to fight him. But King Necho sent messengers to Josiah with the message, what do you want with me, King of Judah? I have no quarrel with you today. I am on my way to fight another nation, and God has told me, hurry. Do not interfere with God who is with me, or he will destroy you. But Josiah refused to listen to Nico, to whom God had indeed spoken. Can I just stop right there? Sometimes when you're fighting against others, what you don't realize is you're fighting against the Lord. And you don't want to do that. That's why, why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Basically, get out of the way. Here, Josiah thought he was doing God's work, but the Lord did tell King Nico to do this. He was with him. So here, not Josiah wasn't just fighting against King Nico. He was going after God. There is danger in that. Again, I have no quarrel with you today. I'm on my way to fight another nation, and God has told me, Do not interfere with God who is with me, or he will destroy you. But Josiah refused to listen to Necho, to whom God had indeed spoken, and he would not turn back. Instead, he disguised himself and led his army into battle. But the enemy archers hit King Josiah with their arrows and wounded him. He cried out to his men, take me from this battle, for I am badly wounded, So they lifted Josiah out of his chariot and placed him in another chariot. Then they brought him back to Jerusalem where he died. He was buried there in the royal cemetery and all of Judah and Jerusalem mourned for him. This did not need to happen. This battle had absolutely nothing to do with King Josiah. It wasn't his business. It had nothing to do with anything to do with him. But he jumped into this fight, this trap, this bait that the enemy laid there for him. Like I said earlier, he couldn't get him with sin. He couldn't get him with lust. He couldn't, I mean, he couldn't get him in those ways. But what does he do? I'm going to get you with distraction. I'm going to make you look over here so that you can get distraction and jump into a battle that is not yours to begin with. And how many times do we do that? We jump into situations that have nothing to do with us. And like I said a second ago or a few minutes ago, you know when you're called to walk into something with somebody and you know when you're not. You just do. And if you don't know, you need to ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. 
because there's certain things that the Lord is saying, I don't even want you to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Just stay focused on me. Like Nehemiah, you know, it was like he did not come off that wall of building. And we're about to build a building here, like actually doing that. And don't think we're not going to have that distraction try to come against this church to say with the accusation, whatever it is, or just distraction, look over here, look at me. And Nehemiah was like, no, no, no. He shut down the lies, but he didn't go out of his way. Does that make sense? They were right there lying and accusing and defaming all those things. And he said, no, that's not true. But he never stopped building that wall. He never took his focus off of building that wall. He spoke truth and he stayed focused and he said, that's a lie. And he kept on building. The Bible says he built, they built with one hand with a sword in the other, which made it longer in time than it needed to be. But sometimes things done long are done right. There you can't take the quick way out. That built, I bet you anything that built character and endurance in that team that Hezekiah had. I'm sorry, not Hezekiah, Nehemiah. Tired, guys. I'm jet lagged a bit. Not gonna lie. Michael, I hope you're having fun at home. Um, but he, he stayed focused. And that's what God, if we're really going to see the glory of the Lord, like I feel we're going to see for this church family, we cannot stop building. We cannot stop fasting. We cannot stop praying. We cannot stop clinging to the cross. If you're even gonna finish this race in life, you got to stay focused on what God has called you to. I know, because we have a ministry school now, we know we talk to students all the time, pastoring a church. I hear it all the time where people just lose their focus so easily. Like the littlest things will, will get their attention and the littlest offenses or the, it's just so, it, it, it breaks my heart because I'm like, this is not the path. This was not the way this was supposed to go. And the distraction and leaders, I mean, man, it could happen to us. Thank God I have people in my life that when I look the other way and get distracted with just whatever it is, they bring me back and love and say, Jesse, my dad, that's my dad, what's up, Jesse, that's him. Jesse, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. But it's so hard, dad, stay focused, stay focused. I don't think we can do it anymore, it's, it hurts. Stay focused, stay focused. My dad one time told me this and man was he right, years ago. I said, this is hard, Dad. Leading is so hard. Ministry's hard. Everything, it's hard. This is just way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and he didn't say, poor baby. He said, I'm going to tell you once what Catherine Kuhlman's worship leader told me. And I was like, okay. I'm thinking it was going to be some prophetic thing. And he was like, he told me, as sure as I'm sitting here, God is going to use you, Benny. He goes, but they're gonna come and they're gonna punch you in the gut 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 until you build an endurance where you won't feel it as hard as you used to. And he goes, and that's, honey, that's your road. And I was like, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> that was a lovely talk. <laughs> thanks, Dad. Um, but it's true, there's something that builds our character in these hallway processes. There's something that builds our faith, you know. Like Michael said this morning, believing God for millions to come in for a building, that takes faith. 
it does something. We don't have that money just lying around. It takes going out even to California. That takes faith to sow that. Believing, still believing for the camera uh, equipment to get paid off. Still. But we're going, God spoke. We have to be. It's building some character in me. My kids are seeing. They're actually seeing their parents live this out. Or even just to stay silent in the, in the realm of of. of Betrayal or persecution, it does something to, it just does something to your family. I don't know if that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Anybody understand? It builds this endurance. It builds this thing in you. And that's why I love Nehemiah so much, that passage. I, I read it all the time because I think, man, how that, what that did. Man, what David went through. Gosh, what Paul went through. The character, it they were broken, but they were not shaken. They were not moved, but they were broken. They were, but they clung to the cross of Jesus. So back to what I was talking about with Josiah. That didn't need to happen. He got caught up in someone's assignment that had nothing to do with you. Stop looking at what everybody's doing. Who cares? I think social media is great for, for the kingdom, but sometimes it's been the worst thing that's ever happened. Because we're so aware of what everybody else is doing. We're so aware, and you can just make things look so great on social media. We never post our, bo- our horrible, boring days. It's everything's just, yay, they're so great. And we start doing this comparison thing where we start looking and comparing and watching and, and start measuring our success on what other people are doing. And that's just a trap that you have to really get in front of. Because comparison will get you eventually. Jumping into something that God hasn't called you to too quickly. I had that dream about Jesus tour probably two years ago. We just now felt the release to start doing this tour on the West Coast. It wasn't, we weren't ready. It would have crushed us two years ago. We weren't mature enough in the spirit. The church wasn't ready for that. We weren't, the school wasn't ready. Me and Michael weren't ready. Does, does that make sense? There was a grace, there's a grace right now because God said, yes, this is the time. But if we just jumped in something because people were saying, do it, and people were telling us, there's momentum here now, go do all the stuff. And we said, no, no, we're not ready. But you don't know the growth and all that could come to you if you just did this now. It's time to do your first album, blah, blah, blah. This, this all happened years ago. And we said, we know the trap of jumping into something before it's our time. We're not ready. We had to tell so many people that we're not, we don't feel the grace of the Lord to step into this yet. It's not our time. It's not our season. But so-and-so is going to do it, and then they're going to do it before you. Fine. Let them do it. There's safety in timing. There's safety in timing. Like I said two weeks ago, this thing right here, this platform just gets people in the worst way possible. We want to be here so quickly, but we don't have the character yet to really be trusted with it. Like I've said before, I got invitations to preach in 2013, 2014, 2015. I started preaching in 2016. Thank God I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And my husband lovingly told me, he goes, this is a great opportunity. You're not ready. And of course I got mad. Yes, I am. I'm ready. I wasn't ready. I was broken in that season. I wasn't ready to lead a school. I wasn't ready to lead a church. I wasn't ready for any of this. I was in the pruning season. 
I was in the processing season. And thank God when people like my husband, my dad, other leaders in my life said, Jess, you're not ready. I said, but I have a message. Honey, you're not ready. I could have turned on them or I could have trusted that God might have been covering me so that when the time did come, I would actually bear the right kind of fruit. Protection. Protection in the timing. So like I said earlier, Josiah, right after, as we just read, he restored the temple. This was victory. Right after that, he jumps into something that has nothing to do with him. And I, I promise you this, Earl Roberts used to say this to my dad, and he was so right. He would say, Benny, you need to pray harder after a victory of a crusade. Pray harder after than you even did before, because that's when the devil is going to come with temptation. And it's something that my dad told us early on too. He said, when you have a victory in the spirit, you need to be prayed up even more afterwards. Because just like we see here, the devil will come after that. Because why? When we have a victory, like I said, we feel puffed up. We feel excited. There's momentum. We kind of get in our own strength. And then just ever so swiftly, the enemy can come in and, and get us to look away. And that's what happened here with Josiah. He had this victory, restored the temple. They celebrated the Passover more than it had ever been done since, since Samuel. And then here he jumps into something and even was warned, don't jump into this fight. If the devil cannot stop you from completing God's assignment for your life, you better believe he will distract you from the victory. Josiah should have been celebrating a great victory, but he got distracted by something the Lord did not ask him to give his attention to. He died because he chose to fight a battle that was not his to fight. Stop jumping into wars. They're pointless. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody tonight. You guys are like, no, I'm all, I'm the greatest. I don't ever jump into that. But we do, we jump into these things. We, we, we listen to gossip, we listen to even things and we have to go, no, no, no. This is all a distraction. This is all a distraction to take me off of focusing on Jesus. Even the news sometimes can be a distraction. I'm guilty, I've been watching it more lately than I have in a long time, I don't know why. Just a lot of stuff going on right now. And Michael told me, he goes, yeah, of course we need to be informed. He's like, Jesse, this is taking your focus right now. And I had to give it to the Lord. I'm not saying watching the news is bad at all. I'm just saying it was getting too much of my attention. I was so like, oh my God, what's happening in the world? And losing the focus on what Jesus has the victory over already. It was taking my attention. Sometimes it can be your ministry that takes your attention away from the Lord. It can even be good things that are not sinful and not bad to think about, but if they come in place of Jesus and it's taking your attention from what you should be focusing on. And that's what happened here. He just jumped into something and he died because he chose to fight a battle that was not his and he got caught up in other people's affairs that had nothing to do with him. Like Michael said this morning, Taking on other people's offense is real. Give it to the Lord. 
You should not be an ear. I feel like I'm talking to Jesus school students, but the church needs to hear it too. If you hear gossip and division, cast it down. Paul said, mark them. Mark them that cause division and have nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. That doesn't mean something, that means nothing. There needs to be repentance, but if there's not, you go, no, no, this is, this is not... This is not godly. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to slander. I'm not going to be involved in a conversation of, like this. Because why? They, the Bible says gossip is dainty morsels that go deep into the soul. They're little things that seem like no big deal, but they penetrate deep into the heart and can cause much damage and hurt. So let somebody else fight that battle. If it's not yours to fight, and if it is yours to fight, guess what? The Lord will give you the grace to do it. But here, this was clearly not Josiah's battle to fight. The Lord even warned him through King Nico, but he didn't listen, and he died. And then in Proverbs 4, you don't have to turn there, 14, 15, it says, don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. You guys still with me? I love that part because it's saying don't only not do it, don't think about it, but turn away, and not just turn away, keep moving because there's protection when you keep going. When you stop, that's when things get really funky real quick, real swirly. You have to keep going. And I love that 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 passage says, no, turn away, keep moving. That is the key. That is the key. Like my dad told Michael and I years ago when we started in ministry, he said there's one way besides of course staying close to Jesus to make it. He goes, do not look at what your brother and sister on the right or the left are doing. Stay focused, look ahead. He goes, you might be the slowest in the race. It doesn't matter. People might be running by faster than you. Don't look, just keep looking ahead. If you do that, you guys will finish. You'll finish well. And he said he was told that by an amazing uh, teacher when he was young. And I thought, so simple, but so true. If I'm watching what everybody else is doing, like I said earlier, I'm going to start comparing and I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to try to run faster when God is telling me to slow down. So I have to stay focused on the cross of Jesus and that alone, because at the end, that's all I'm going to have. (laughs) I probably won't even know the names of some of the people we got caught up with right now. Does that make sense? We worry about things that we're not even going to think about in 30, 40, 50 years ago or come by. We got to stay devoted and focused. After this, not only was he no longer king, but Jerusalem fell and was captured by the Babylonian king. Do you understand this was bigger than King Josiah? This is bigger than you. You guys staying focused, you guys clinging to the Lord, you guys staying faithful to your assignment. Does anyone in here feel like they have an assignment? Wave at me. Okay, we all have an assignment for the Lord. This is not an assignment. (laughs) Your life is an assignment. Your Christian walk is an assignment. We all have an assignment for the Lord. And we want to not only do what God has called us to, but our children are, there's people attached to our obedience to God. 
That's the amazing thing and the scary thing. It's like, you screw it up, especially when you become a leader. Not only does it impact you, it impacts a lot of people around you. It's something you can't take lightly. So here, King Josiah jumped into something thinking of the moment, not thinking of what was to come. Like King Hezekiah, I've shared this many times. Remember, he showed the king of Babylon everything. And remember, then he was captured by the king of Babylon. Remember, when he was rebuked, his response was, well, at least it's not going to happen in my lifetime. But he wasn't thinking legacy. He wasn't thinking beyond him. He was thinking, okay, this punishment is not too severe because it will happen after I die. But we don't live just for ourselves. Some of you guys are sowing things right now that you might never see the fruit of but your children, their children, their children will. And I want you to finish well. The enemy is after your longevity. Be careful. That fight, that little fight that we read about in the Bible, this is probably a passage many of you, I used to just skip through like, great story. And then I started to meditate on it, and I was like, this changed the course of history for them. This one silly little fight that had absolutely nothing to do with King Josiah changed the whole course. And not only did he lose his life, it changed the whole course of history for him and his people. This one little thing, it's like this little bait, like as John Bevere teaches so beautifully, that bait of Satan, this little thing that doesn't seem like a big deal, but you take that bait and it can change not only your life, but the course of history for your life and your family. You have to stay guarded at all times and not jump into the mud that you weren't called to jump into. Because what will happen eventually, it will get on you. I'm talking to some young people tonight in here too, and I'm gonna close with, with this. When I was starting to serve the Lord, when I was getting my life back in order after a mess, leaving Christian college, not leaving, you know I got kicked out, you know the truth. <laughs> All the things, I remember I was starting to get my life back in order and I had a lot of, maybe I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to someone by sharing this, like what did it mean to? And I had a lot of friends that were not serving the Lord. All my friends actually were not serving the Lord. These were my friends, I loved them. They were special to me, they were there for me but they weren't following Jesus. And I remember in the beginning I told my dad and, and I just thought, I can do it, it's okay. I'm strong enough, dad. I will pick them up to where I am. Don't worry. I can just tell them about Jesus. And you know what happened? The more I would hang out with them here and there, eventually the compromise started to happen again in my life and they started to pull me down to where they were. And I went there thinking, no, no, I can help pick them up. But what happened is I just got muddied with all the mess that they were walking through because I thought that I was stronger than I really was. Here, King Josiah probably thought he was stronger and more equipped than he really was. Thank God that I said goodbye, goodbye to the world completely because I would not be serving the Lord right now if I didn't. For what? That was God's problem, not mine. Does that make sense? He loves them more than I do. I prayed but I could not jump in the mud anymore with them. I tried, I did, I tried to preach the gospel, I tried. And then I went to my dad and he goes, are they listening? No. Are they changing? No. Did they still do all the things they used to do tonight? Yes. Did it tempt you? Yes. 
He said, get away, baby. I said, okay. It wasn't mine to jump into anymore. I had to stay focused on what God was calling me into. And that changed the history of my life, my children. I wouldn't be here if I would have just keep jumping into things that weren't mine to carry. Can we just stand real quick? Before we close, I just feel, I just feel like there are some people in the room tonight that have just gotten completely caught up in nonsense or you've gotten distracted with stuff that you're not supposed to get distracted with. I also feel that there's people that walked in with fear that have not been set free from this fear. And God wants to set you free. So if you're in the room and you say, Jess, that's me. I am carrying things that God never asked me to carry. I'm jumping into battles that I was never called to fight. I'm losing the focus that I know I need for my life. I want to invite you down here. You can just come whenever you're ready. That can be even a staff member. That can be a student. That can be, oh, a church member that's 90. We all have done this before. But if you're saying, I have completely gone away from the call of God. I have lost focus and I've jumped into things that are not mine to carry. I want you to come down here and give that to the Lord. His burden is light. The cross that he gave us to carry, we can only carry it with his strength, not our own. We cannot lean on our own understanding. We have to lean on the understanding of him He wants to take those burdens. I just feel like there's even some children in the room that you've carried just the drama of your parents. I don't know why I feel that, but you've just carried, you've had to be really old when you should just be young and you've carried this this burden of your family because your family is just not whole and you have... You have taken on more than you ever needed to as a child and the Lord wants you to give him that burden. He wants you to give him that weight that you've been carrying. And yes, there's many of you in the room that you have, you've jumped into the sea of offense. You've jumped into the sea of bitterness and accusation and the Lord wants to set you free from that tonight because pride is a sin. It's a sin. False accusation, the Bible and in scripture, it says you will actually, the thing that you accuse others with will be the thing that you fall into. You have to be careful when you falsely accuse your brother and sister in the Lord. So if that's you, if you've ever done that, we've all done it. I've done it. We've all judged. We all have done this. No one is, is above that. But if you're still walking in that, come down and give that to Jesus so that he can tenderize your heart tonight. If you've jumped into anything that you are like, Jess, this message was for me. I have jumped into battles that I have not been called to walk in. Come down, the Lord's gonna set you free tonight. If you're watching online and that's you, God's gonna set you free. If you deal with fear, God wants to set you free tonight completely in Jesus' name. Fear of the future, fear of rejection, any kind of fear, if that's you tonight, 
I believe many of you got set free when Amy was preaching the gospel, but if you're still holding on to that fear, come down. God's gonna set you free tonight. If I could have the worship team come up, please. Thank you, Jesus. Just stretch your hands, church, to them that came down. If you're watching online, I just God sees you. You don't have to be physically here in the room. God is gonna touch you. All of you watching online right now, the Lord is gonna heal you, restore the joy in your heart. This doesn't have to be difficult. Yes, it's not an easy walk, but with Him, there's joy in the morning. There's joy in the morning. There's joy in the morning. So we thank you. Come on, church, just pray. Just pray for a moment. Just pray in tongues. Just pray. Oh, Jesus, set the captive free tonight, Lord. Set them free. Lord, forgive us, God, if we have become distracted. Forgive us, Lord, if we have become just overtaken by things that we shouldn't even be thinking about, Lord. Forgive us, God. If we have not completed the assignment, I just also feel like there's people that are in the room that are older that that you feel like it's too late. You know you've missed it and you feel like it's too late for me, but it's not too late for you. It's not too late. You can still live victorious in Jesus. It's not too late to start over. It's not too late. Even with your children, there's some of you that you feel like I've missed it in my marriage. I've missed it as a parent. I've neglected my kids. It's not too late to start right. It's not too late to ask for forgiveness and to start all over again. It's not too late. It's not too late. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, overwhelm them tonight. Overwhelm them tonight. Overwhelm them tonight, God. Overwhelm them tonight, Lord, with first love, Jesus. Overwhelm them, Lord, with the simplicity of the cross, Lord. Overwhelm them, Lord, tonight, Lord. Overwhelm them, Jesus. We bind all fear of the future, God. We bind the fear of sickness, God. We bind the fear of of marriage, God. We bind the fear of, of poverty, Lord. We bind the fear, Lord. We bind it, Jesus. We bind the fear, I don't know why I'm saying this, of affection. There's someone that you're afraid to even be touched. You just don't like any sort of affection because I don't know why, but you're just afraid. And we bind that, Lord. I thank you, God, who the sun sets free is free indeed, Lord. I thank you, God, for liberty, Lord, your victory, Lord, as we prayed about the beginning of service, that your strong right arm would overstretch and cover us, God. Cover your children, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Do surgery tonight, God, in the most beautiful way, God. Go to the deepest part of us, God, the part, Lord, that we have even hidden from ourselves, Lord. Go down to the deepest things, God, even the things that, that we feel like we've hidden from everybody, God, but you see them, Lord. And Lord, take them out, Jesus, take them out. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for restoring the joy, Lord, the peace in our hearts, God, the wonder, God, of our salvation, Lord. I thank you, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father, for your nearness. Yeah, just build it a little bit. For your nearness, Lord, your, your nearness, Jesus, that you did not give up on us, Lord. You did not forsake us, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Yeah, there's many people that are getting delivered tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, God. We love you. We love you. Just pray a little bit longer. The Lord's not finished yet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, we give it all to you, God. Forgive us for holding on to things, Lord, that we shouldn't hold on to. If there's any unforgiveness in our hearts, Lord, we ask that you help us, Holy Spirit, to forgive completely, Lord. Completely, Lord. Forgive those who wronged us, Lord. Have mercy, God. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Thank you, God. Forgive us, Lord, for getting in the way, Lord. Forgive us, God. We thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. 